Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, reptiles, amphibians, felines, canines, and the whole rest of the world. It's your boy, Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from as I always do. Well, I'm always here in my attic, top of the house, the whole deal. My friend, my buddy, my pal, my comrade, Valerie Heffron, the visionary behind this particular professionals and animal lovers show is here. And we have a new friend, Claudia Canham, who's visiting with us today. We're excited to get into the discussion. So what is this show? Just in case you've just found this and you've never been here before. Well, it's no big deal. It's just a revolution, just changing the world. (laughs) No big deal. That's all. Why are we doing this? Well, Valerie called me up one day and was like, uh, you know, we should do a show. I think she said, I want to do a show again. I said, okay, let's do it. And that was back in like last summer. And that was September 1st was we did the first show, the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, which is now a phenomenon with a big event coming up next week. The first ever Compassion Awards. And I love a little swag when you do the first of anything and you call it the first annual because like then you're just committing to the universe that you're going to be doing it forever. Right, Val? I mean, it's, and it's ever and ever and ever and ever. I mean, there'll be people, there'll be probably a Valerie and Tommy D award down the road when we're not here anymore and somebody else is <laughs> the Compassion Awards at some point, you know. So we're here to build community. We're here to make a change. We're here to, to, to impact change. We're here to bring really, really cool and special people on to tell their stories about how they've impacted change, influenced change. And, um, you know, I'm taken by something. I really want to see if I can get it uh, really quickly for you all. Uh, If you're familiar with the Margaret Mead quote, never underestimate the, uh, Never doubt that a small group of committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. Nothing inspires me more than young people making that impact and making that change. And that's some of what we're going to talk about today on the program. Going to do like a video presentation and then we're going to have an interview situation. It's going to be like multimedia today. Val, what do you want to say before we even get into the discussion? I, I want to say hello to you, Valerie. How are you? Hello. I am okay. I'm a little bummed out. I'm actually going to ask Chloe for some advice because my cat Puffy is mad at me and she's in hiding and uh, we'll get to that. But I, um, I want to just emphasize the fact that this community that we're building, I like to call it my tribe, right? It's community of animal lovers. Um, one of the premises is that, yes, we absolutely want to make the world a better place for the animals. But also, there are so many wonderful people out there who love animals and they do their best to help them, whether they're doing like a little can, a coffee can or something on their counter and they're asking for donations or whether they're out there, boots on the ground, you know, saving animals, fostering, TNRing, whatever it is that they're doing. Um, But also many of them have a business or they're a professional And the whole premise of the show is that we want to cast a spotlight on those people um, so that if you're looking for a service or a product or a place to dine or shop, um, we want you to be able to know who the compassionate people are out there. And so whether you're going to a pizzeria for some pizza or whether you're going to go and buy a pair of shoes, if you have that choice, of knowing, you know, who the compassionate people are, um, why not use them? And to my point, Claudia, who is a law student, when she actually graduates and becomes uh, an official attorney and passes her bar, whatever specific type of, you know, professional service 
that she's going to offer within uh, the legal spectrum, whether she's gonna be a real estate lawyer or a divorce lawyer, whatever it is, why not you know, work with someone who has an affinity for the animals and is a compassionate person? So that's really the crux that's of great. what we're looking to do here. Yeah, great right. setup. And that is what we're doing. You're right on. Obviously, this is your vision and, and we're kind of, I'm just part of it. But I will tell you this, talk about conversion, talk about changing people. I will tell you something, gang, that happened to me within the last two and a half hours. I went out to the driveway. And, um, I thought I saw a raccoon, but it wasn't a raccoon. That would have worried me because it's the middle of the day right now. But it was not a raccoon, but it was a cat with a tail that looked like a raccoon's tail. So uh I don't know if you guys, you two probably could tell me what. First of all, Claudia, let me say hello to you. Can you say hello to us and then I'll tell this story? Hi. How are you guys? Thank we're you for glad, having me. We're glad to have you here because I, I, I want you to tell me what, like, here's the thing. I took a video of this cat and I was like, hey, how you doing? What are you, what are you doing? You hungry? Yeah. And I'm like, no way in the world a year ago am I doing that. It would have been something more like, dude, can you do me a favor? Can you get out of my driveway? It would have been that versus the, and I'm like, <laughs> And my wife happened to pull in the driveway while this is all going on. She's like, what is he doing now? So I had to record me in the conversation with the cat. And I I, I don't even want to say what's probably going to happen. But I, I saw myself, like, as my grandfather, my papa, putting, like, a bowl of milk and some food out there, like, behind the garage for this cat. And I, like, never in a million years, Val, all your fault. Thank you for doing that. All your fault. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. But not milk, do water, but also so important, as I know, you know, and and Tommy, to his credit, you know, a year ago, he didn't really know about this stuff. But one of the first things that I asked him was, did you see an ear tip? Mm-hmm. And a year ago, he would have been like, what do you mean? What's an ear tip? You know right. what I mean? And so we're really all learning from each other here. And yep. um, I just want to welcome our guests because so Claudia Canham is someone who I had never met uh, before in my life. And then I met her, quote, virtually. And she's another one of those people who I just made this connection with. And like, by the time we actually got to meet in person, it was like a giant hug. It was like, oh my God, you know, it was like meeting a celebrity or something. (laughs) And um, for me, you know, one of the most exciting parts of, of what she's doing and how we met is because she started advocating on behalf of cats. Um, and so it is so exciting to your point, Tommy, when, when a younger person is getting involved early, I didn't start getting involved until I was 40 something years old. Um, but to see you know, uh, an intelligent, articulate person actually have the spine and um, you know, the, the ability to go to a municipal meeting you know, sign in and use their voice to speak up on behalf of the voiceless. It, I was like, wow, who, who is this? And let me tell you something. So were all of the board members who were at that meeting. They were like, uh-oh, probably most people are getting involved. <laughs> I think, I mean, you and I talked about this. I don't remember if it was texting or if it was on a call earlier today, but they're probably a little shook, you know, because oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's one thing for like some people to go out but it's, a, it's a, for somebody, and we have a video that uh, that Claudia shot and put on Facebook, but it's another thing for somebody, a young person to be a little badass and say, hey, here's a call out to the world. I'm going to do this thing. Go with me. Be a part yeah. of what I talk about. Yeah. You know, look, all due respect if the, you know, to the Kardashians, that's not really the influencers I'm looking to hang with. Right? <laughs> I was who, hit- who? No, but I want to say this, and I would love to play the video if possible, because what I want to do is I, I, I want to find out 
like how that even occurred? Like what, what was the starting point? How did you find out about, you know, who's in charge of these decisions that you were challenging um, and asking for change? And, you know, how did you really get started? And that's why I call her Tigress because she went in like, like a tiger and she was like, meow. And everybody was like, whoa. All right, should we put this on young video? Doctor student, law student. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like a thing like they're going like, oh man, we're going to have to deal with her for like 50 years. This isn't something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let me, let's do the video if that's cool. Yeah. We'll do, do a little, uh, little show. Yeah. Um, and let's just push this. And you should be able to bow. Claudia, can you see? Yes. This message is for all of the cat rescuers, lovers, and rehabilitators. We are all feeling the negative impact of the town of Hempstead shutting down their TNR program. This Tuesday, February 2nd at 7 p.m., there's going to be a town hall meeting, and I'm urging and pleading every single one of you to come down and advocate for this program and advocate for these animals, because if we don't, who will? We are approaching kitten season at a rapid pace, and it's gonna be a huge wake up call. I know that there are safe ways to conduct contactless TNR. The shelter has a five and a half million dollar budget for 2021 and no plans to reopen their TNR program. You don't have to be a town of Hempstead resident to come down and advocate for this program. Please advocate for these animals because if they don't have us, they have nothing. So please come down this Tuesday. February 2nd at 7 p.m. and advocate for these animals and advocate for this program. Please come down to the Hempstead Town Hall at 1 Washington Street, Hempstead, New York. Thank you. Yo, talk about a call to action. I mean, we don't, if we don't, who will? Wow, that, it's, it's been a while since I've seen that and it actually gave me chills and I almost like- I'm hearing, I'm hearing right. up, I'm hearing Right, we don't curse, but we cry, baby, so cry. <laughs> uh, that is so special and unique and just, it gives me tears because uh, for so many reasons, but you know what, L let me just shut up for one second. Claudia, how, uh, uh, let me just make this one point. She was making that video for a town board meeting February 2nd, 2021, which means that the program was shut down for COVID, which was March of 2020, and everything else had, was reopened. You know, gyms were open, restaurants were open, stores were reopened, and you had to wear a mask. Okay, fine, but the TNR program was still, in fact, closed, and there was a lot of frustration. So, Claudia, let me ask you, let's go backwards. How did you find out um, about that program being shut down? And then how did you connect the dots that you had to get to a town of Hampstead board meeting? So it actually started on my first day of law school when um, this adorable little black and white cat came running up to me and I was like, oh, okay, who are you? Next thing I know, this cat is introducing me to about 200 feral cats and kittens on Hofstra's campus. Wow. Um, and I had already been volunteering with um, our rescue tender loving cats who um, I love and have enjoyed being a part of. And the head of the rescue said, if this is something you want to pursue, if you want to fix all these cats, we 100% support you. Let's, you know, start putting the wheels in motion. And I reached out to a bunch of the feeders who were feeding in the area. And one of them who I've become great friends with um, told me that he was using the town of Hempstead TNR program, but with COVID it being shut down, he hasn't been able to trap and neuter any of the cats. There's no program um, in the area that is comparable. Uh, 
they, they're free and they um, recover the animals. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like the first moment that I had. Um, and then I ended up finding um, a litter of kittens that were the product of inbreeding. One of them had pectus excavatum and the other one was missing her back two legs. Wow. Uh, unfortunately, I had to put down the pectus kitten when she was 10 weeks old. And um, it kind of fueled me with this rage of like, this could have been completely avoided if mm -hmm. Supervisor Clavin had done the right thing and TNR these animals when he was a Hofstra Law student, because these cats have been here since he was a Hofstra Law student. Um, so it was so angering for me that not only did I have to experience losing this baby, but that her most of her life was spent outside and only four weeks was spent inside with me. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of pushed me to start reaching out to um, different Facebook groups. And I actually um, was connected to Valerie through mm -hmm. um, a couple of different people. And um, you actually were the first person to um, let me know that I could go to a town hall. Oh, and that? That, yes, you were because oh. of Felix. <laughs> Yeah. Yay. Yo, so, uh, the ripple. That's the ripple effect, man. Way, yeah. to, go, way to go, Valerie Heffron. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was able to go to my first meeting and um, the look on everyone's faces after I spoke kind of just told me that I was in the right place and doing the right thing. Um, I, my parents are both older. Um, they're the generation that raised the parent of generation for my generation, if that makes sense. I don't want to give my parents age away because they will both kill me. Um, <laughs> but um, they raised me to not be afraid of people in office because these are our elected officials. They're working for us. It is not our place to be afraid of them. It's their Amen. job to listen to us and listen to our requests. And that's why they're in these positions. They're not there because they're in charge of us. It's really us who's supposed to be in charge of them. Um, so I'm not afraid to speak up and use my First Amendment right, um, and I have no problem being the advocate for those who don't have an advocate in and of themselves. I mean, we don't have animals who can go up and say, this is not fair, please fix this. Right. Um, and I have always been an animal lover. I had chickens and ducks and snakes and dogs and cats my whole life. Um, I'm also an only child, so that was like my, you know, yeah. oasis was with animals. Um, and so I wanted the town of Hempstead's help in TNRing um, all of these cats that were not adoptable. Supervisor Clavin told me no. And um, so we ended up, the rescue and I uh, secured about $10,000 in grants to be able to TNR all of them. We had to schlep 91 cats from Hempstead to Dix Hills, fix wow. them recover them and then schlep them all the way back to Hempstead because Supervisor Clavin decided to just not want to help at all. Yeah. Um, Gordia, let me let me interrupt you one because okay. I got to understand this. So wait, so wait a minute. Let me break it down for everybody <laughs> not hearing what this young lady is telling us. There is a center that could have taken care of this right near the Hofstra campus. Okay? Right there. It was not being utilized and this young woman and this organization, Tender Loving Cats, right? That's who we're talking about, had to, because it was in their, it, it was just in their system. They had to get this done, raise $10,000 on their own when the county has a $5.5 million budget. We do curse a little bit, Claudia. You asked me before. I might curse right now because, Valerie, I'm hot now. Here's the thing. This is ridiculous, okay? So, Mr. Clavin, I'm Tommy D. We should meet. But this is not a good situation. This doesn't work when we do silly things like this. And all, all respect to everybody involved, 
the, the politicians do work for us. So the fact that you had to go do this work, we love you for that, right? Claudia, of course we do. But it could have been easier. And maybe instead of 91 cats, we could have hooked up more cats because it would have been, we didn't need the dough to do it. Dough meaning money, gang. We didn't need that. And we could have done this right in Hempstead. So I, I'm angry. I'm heated. I feel it in my system. This is all your fault again, Valerie Heffron. You, I, I said I probably won't run for office, Valerie, but maybe now I have to. We have to talk about something. I told you. I don't know. I don't know. I, no, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. <laughs> but I'm pissed off for greatness. Remember that. So I will say this because we do have to go to a break, but we want to hear the story when we come back. So I don't know why, but when you said I'm not afraid, I, I don't know if it's Mick Collins checking in on Facebook. I don't know if it's just me and my hip hop background, but. I'm not afraid to take a stand. Eminem, not afraid. That's what hit me when you said, I'm not afraid. I'm thinking that that should be like the anthem of what we're doing here. So we do have to take a quick break because that's how the show works. When we come back, I'm going to be more angry. Oh, boy. i to continue to tell us the story. <laughs> Your pals, Tommy, Val, and Claudia will be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. We're not afraid here on the Professionals Animal Lovers Show. Claudia is not afraid. Claudia is standing up. Thank you, Claudia, for being here. Thank you for everything you've done so far. You took those 91 animals who needed help, who really, you know, so they weren't out procreating more and creating more of a challenge and, and more of a, a challenge for the society of human beings, but really a challenge for the cats as well. So you, you go to the meetings, you, you do the work, you, and, and you, you stand before the community boards. And can you tell us about that experience? I mean, you are... You're a trailblazer. You're changing the world. You're probably, look, 
The problem with the compassion awards is we want to give out like 150 compassion awards every year for the people who do this great work that you're doing. You're inspiring other people. I want to know about that meeting. You know, tell us more about when you when you went down and how how they received you. Well, my first meeting, I went into it with an open mind. I wanted to take everybody's, you know, um, experiences with a grain of salt because we all have our own experiences interacting with people and. I'd like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. You know, Supervisor Clavin had not had a great track history up to that point with animal advocates, but I am a different person. I interact differently, and I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt to kind of rehabilitate his overall image of not really being an animal advocate. Um, and he disappointed me in continuing along with the path of just not wanting to help animals. So my first meeting, I went in just wanting to be open-minded. Um, I knew the points that I felt were important to make and I needed to advocate on behalf of the animals and how it would benefit the town to do a project like this, to do a project like, you know, fixing all of the cats at Hofstra because everyone who left the project untouched, who left these cats there are responsible for the procreation, responsible for the cats that I've had to put down. Um, they're responsible for everything up to that point in time. Um, so after the first meeting, Supervisor Clavin wanted to have a phone call, which um, I at first thought was a great idea because it's like, okay, great, let's let's figure out how to work together. And instead, this phone call was an, an attempt to shut me down, just not publicly. Um, so I ended we that spoke, phone call. We spoke after that phone call. Yep, I I and called Valerie in tears. <laughs> yeah, I, I I remember that so vividly because you know. With any new effort, I always welcome new efforts. And, you know, I know the hope that's there when you first get started and everything, you know, you say to yourself, look, I'm a reasonable person. I can make this a win-win for everyone, you know, and why wouldn't we do this? And then, you know, it's soul crushing when you find out that maybe we were a little bit naive, but the truth is that they're not so willing to just do the no-brainer things sometimes. And it is so frustrating. It's heartbreaking because you know the suffering that's going to take place and it just makes no sense. So I remember we, we had a, a big heart to heart. And, uh, but my favorite part of that is that she didn't give up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's resilience, right? Because first of yeah. all, I want to just underscore this. I want you to continue. The resilience piece is you could have given up because plenty of people do. Plenty also, of people do. And you yeah. also could have given up. See, the thing that gets me, I want to go back to that little kitten walks up to you on like your first day of law school, because plenty of people, and, and maybe it's your upbringing, your background, the fact that you've connected with animals growing up and whatnot, but you saw an opportunity there with somebody else would have just saw a kitten there. You know, you saw something like, well, I should, again, you're going to probably make an incredible attorney, an incredible investigator, right? Yes. Because of your curiosity, what I'm getting from this conversation, your interest, right? And digging into this. So as a result of seeing that kitten, you weren't like, oh, that's a cute kitten, maybe whatever. No, you were like, well, what's the story here? And that, and to the resilience. And and I, what I also want to applaud is your diplomacy because you went in there with an open mind and not saying, hey, look, this guy's got a bad track record. He doesn't help us out. He doesn't help the animals out. I, I know I'm in for a confrontation. No, you went in there as a professional, as a mature person and said, you know what? Let me try and see this a different way. It didn't work out that way, but it could have, right? It, who knows? It could have. So please continue. Well, 
there, there was a story behind that, that little kitty that first approached me. Um, I ended up naming him Harvey. Um, Harvey was actually dumped on campus during COVID summer because his owner died of COVID. Her family no longer wanted him. And um, Hofstra's public safety just let this happen and listened to the family's story about Harvey. Um, and after hearing Harvey's story, I actually educated the public safety officers just on New York State's agriculture and market laws about abandoning an animal and how right. it's illegal. And in the future, if they see it, they need to like let me know right away because I'm happy to advocate for um, a, a prosecution of some sort. Does anybody it. say like let you know like you're a student? Why don't you just go to class? <laughs> Does it like no. you know? <laughs> They actually call me the law student at, at Hofstra um, on the undergrad side of campus. That's how like all of the administrators refer to me. They call me the law student. And I think because I am a law student, they take uh, what I have to say a little, yeah, a little more seriously. Uh, you know, when I was on, when I was younger and into my undergrad, um, I was also into a lot of advocacy and, and it was just a different time in my life. Um, and a lot of people didn't really take me seriously. So this project was like the first time where, not only did I take myself seriously, but everyone else around me took me seriously. Um, so in between classes, I would work with the feeders. We would work on trapping cats. Um, all of the tender loving cat volunteers teamed up for this. Um, and in addition to the 91 that we TNR'd, we adopted out 40 to 50 cats and kittens that first year just from campus alone. Fantastic. Uh, and on top of that, I mean, oh, go ahead. Did I just say any students take the cats? Um, yeah, we actually had a group of students, um, a couple of fraternities involved. Um, when President Rubinowitz was still in charge of the campus, he actually was very um, encouraging of the Campus Cat Initiative. That's what we ended up calling our program. Um, even with Supervisor Clavin's um, whispers in his ear, he was still supportive of this um, initiative and wanted to kind of see it through, which I very much appreciated. Um, with our current president, um, she has not answered any of my emails regarding the cats, and now there oh, seems to be God. some sort of a communication behind the scenes about asking the town of Hempstead to remove the cats from campus, which is impossible, and it's it's whole other thing. Um, but President Rubinowitz was very encouraging of my efforts, and I think he appreciated the fact that it benefits Hofstra in the long run, and um, the founder of Hofstra, everyone calls her Mrs. Hofstra, she supposedly wrote in her will, and I say supposedly because no one's actually seen this, mm -hmm. uh, that the cats are to be on campus, you know, and maintained by the campus. Um, yeah, but not only that, if, if they were going to remove these cats, where would they put them? They would probably they go in? in a shelter or euthanize them or ship them off elsewhere. Well, let me just, if I could set the stage a little bit too, because for those of you who don't know Long Island, who don't know the Garden City, Uniondale area, Hempstead area where Hofstra University sits, Hofstra, correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but if, from what I can tell, it's in the middle of a residential area. This is not a campus separated and like big walls that would keep, this is a community. I mean, you're, you know, up and down Hempstead Turnpike, right? I mean, it's right in the community. So to round up all those cats, where they end up on the in somebody's backyard, they're still going to come back on campus, right? Yeah, um, cats are free-roaming animals. Um, the way that New York State tr treats them, um, they're protected under the law as companion animals. So they're afforded the same rights and um, treatment as dogs um, to a degree. They are free-roaming animals in the sense that if you call animal control and you say, hey, I have a cat in my backyard, nobody's going to come. They're not going to pick it, the cat up. They're just allowed to do their thing. Um, that's not the case in other states, but those are also states that have kill shelters and have a high rate of euthanasia. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, it, it is what it is, but um, 
part of the reason why it's a problem in New York is because now there's nobody really responsible for these free roaming animals. Nobody quote owns them, but at the same time, everybody owns them. Um, so Claudia, hold on. Let me just yeah. go back for one second. You were talking about the ag and markets law referring yes. to abandonment, which is spectacular that you know that. So how did you, yeah. So how did you, I mean, what prompted you, did you just one day say, hey, I want to read up on all these laws and, and you read all of the animal related laws on ag and markets or, you know, how, how did you even know to look there? So my mom's actually an attorney. Um, she went to Toro and practiced corporate law for most wow. of her career. Mm -hmm. um, she is also like my number one supporter. So anything I know, I met her. <laughs> anything I get myself into, Diane is right there supporting me. Um, <laughs> my dad also is as well supportive. He's not a lawyer, but um, he is a big animal lover. So I, I like to think that he inspired just my overall love of animals. I mean, I would, when I would find like a squirrel on the side of the road and I'd say, dad, can we take it home? He'd say, yeah. So, you know, the two of them, you know, they made me what I am. But, um, so my mom always taught me that you need to have all of the information before going into something. So before even going into, you know, my first, um, municipality meeting, I wanted to know everything I could know. I wanted to make sure I had all my bases covered. And I think the law is a beautiful thing in the sense that it's written in a way where we can really make it work for almost every situation that we need it to. Um, so doing the research for the cats really started with simple, what are New York state laws on cats? And then you kind of have to work through all of the big paragraphs to find exactly what it is you're looking for. Um, it's definitely harder for what we refer to as lay people, people who are not trained to read laws to understand what they mean. So that's what our jobs are. But for myself, it was really fun being able to apply what I'm learning in school actively mm -hmm. to these kind of projects. Um, so that research kind of gave me more um, am ammunition in a sense. Uh, yeah. But so it's great, advice. it's great advice that your mom uh, provided you. And yes, I know we have to go to a break. Hi, before, I forget, before, before I forget, <laughs> when we come back from break, um, I want to address something that you also said in your video. One of my favorite things that you said is that you don't have to be a resident of this town to go and advocate for the animals. And let's get into that when we come we back. Will. Break. We will, but before we go to break, because I usually take a minute to get us to break anyway, there's a couple things I got to shout yeah. out real quick. I just shared the uh, Eventbrite for the Compassion Awards. It's on Facebook now. If you haven't bought your ticket, hurry up and buy your ticket. You can use the code Tommy D or the code Jovi's mom, because we're having a little friendly competition, your pals, Tommy and Val. <laughs> competition so it's either jovi's mom or tommy d and you get a discount for the event which is tuesday night at the refuge here on long island three animal advocates we'll tell you about it when we come back uh, but i also when we go to break i'm going to share the website for tender loving cats claudia is there anybody you want to shout out real quick over there and then maybe you can tell us more about them from the organization real quick um, I want to say a big shout out to our fearless leader and founder, Rebecca Caro, for everything she has done and teaching me everything I know about cats. So if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have the knowledge and skills to be able to advocate on their behalf. Yeah, some pom-poms out for Rebecca. Thank you, Claudia. Dylan, we got to go to a break. <sighs> out of breath. We'll be right back. <laughs> Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. 
Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. back and i'm still sharing so if you're on facebook you're seeing i'm sorry i'm going so fast everybody tenderlovingcast.org is the website why don't you tell us a little bit you said rebecca out there shout out what's going on with tlc and then um and i love that i love acronyms we know that right val we love acronyms man love 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 it almost you know like i love alliteration but acronyms are great too all right so um I know Valerie had something she set you up for right before break but um tell us about i do try yeah i know and then i just took (laughs) Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll do that. Just do the T. He hijacked me. God. So TLC is a 501c3 not-for-profit um, whose primary goal is to reduce the feral cat population through humane methods such as TNR. We um, focus mostly on TNR, even though we do actually handle a lot of adoptions and uh, cats and kittens. Um, we work with almost every reputable rescue that there is on Long Island. And we actually do have a link on our our website of other reputable rescues. Um, We handle situations like the Hofstra cats to hoarding situations with over, you know, 100 cats and kittens. Um, And we work with other rescues to place them and TNR. Um, We also started a new program for unadoptable cats that we are now calling um, our barn cat placement. So um, cats are a really great way to have a chemical-free pest uh, reduction in your barns or warehouses. Um, As you can see on the screen, it's, um, we've really given a lot of thought to it. Um, And I will be the first to tell you it's one of the best things ever. Um, I've been begging my neighborhood feral cat to come live in my backyard for the last month now because I have um, an overwhelming cricket population, which a lot of Deer Park has been Uh, with. They take Um, crickets, huh? Yeah, so he has mice. Yep, they get mice, they get rats, they get crickets, they get all of the pests. Um, So I actually saw him in my yard yesterday, and um, Gregory's now my my feral cat. So his name is Gregory? Yes, I named him that yesterday. (laughs) 
Oh man, I missed out on the naming process. (laughs) Like the first thing that comes to mind, I am, I'm notorious for my names. Um, my, my most recent litter of kittens that I named, they're not my foster kittens. They are being fostered by somebody else, but I named them all after foster, uh, foster, um, office supplies. So we had post-it stapler tape. Um, we had clipboard and paper clip. Um, and that was fun. Um, and then I actually just recently adopted one of my foster kittens. Um, his name is Stone right now, but when he was my foster kitten, his name was Spatula. Um, <laughs> yeah. so they were. The thing you, is got, like- you got two things going on here that are really close to my heart. One is Staples is my favorite store, and and cooking. I love cooking. So if it was like cooking utensils, I'd be like all over it. I'd, I'd be like whisk or whiskey. And yep, we had a whisk. Spatula is good. Yeah. I think, right. is. I think the thing is, Val, you can ask that question before the break again a second, because I want to say this. I think the problem or the challenge is you're running out of things to name these cats because there's so freaking many of them. Okay, listen up. Gang, listen up. Nassau County, town of Hempstead, there's a lot of these cats. We need to address the situation. See what I did, Val? It's like a callback. Yeah. Put it right back. All right, so, so tell us, go, go, Valerie, please. So two things. One is in your video where you were, um, you know, soliciting support. Uh, and by the way, I should mention that Claudia had a car full of uh, cat lovers and Hofstra animal lovers with her for that meeting, uh, the next meeting that she brought people down to. Um, and let me tell you something else. The board took notice. Trust me. They were like, uh-oh, <laughs> there's more of them now. <laughs> and uh, because the truth is young people in general, uh, it's very rare. It's a rarity um, that they're, you know, signing in, going to municipal board meetings and grabbing a microphone. It is a true, and it's beautiful. We have to clone, we have to clone Claudia. But anyway, one of my favorite things that you said in the video was, you do not have to be a resident of the town of Hempstead to go to a town of Hempstead meeting and be a voice and an advocate for these animals. And she's, by the way, 100% accurate. I feel as if a lot of times people who are elected officials, they try to kind of poo-poo people who are not necessarily constituents within their districts when they're going to say something that maybe is not you know, supportive of them. Um, That said, open meetings law 100% states that you can be a resident of Timbuktu. This is literally verbatim what it says on open meetings law. It it uses Timbuktu as an example. It says that as long as what you're talking about is germane to the topic, it doesn't matter where you live. So I want to know, A, again, how did you know that? Were you researching open meetings law? And, and B, let's get the word out there really for that bullet point, because a lot of people get intimidated. They're like, oh, well, I, I, don't, I don't live in Nassau County. I live in Suffolk. But you might be suffering the consequences of negative decision-making from Nassau County, right? So how did you know about that, Claudia? Um, I'm going to say it was one of those things that kind of I just have always known being that a child of a, of a lawyer you know she my mom's always been the type of person to educate me really early on on you know what we're allowed to do like what you know is a first amendment right what you can do in the legal context of political officials and all of that fun stuff so um it wasn't necessarily something I, I needed to look up um okay. I think for me it I was in a very special position that my mom raised me with you know this kind of knowledge um mm-hmm. so being able to encourage other people to to 
kind of stand up and, and go to these meetings um, made me feel good because, you know, now I'm passing along this information. Yes. Um, the way I like to look at it is, you know, we, we're all affected by the decisions each municipality makes, each different township makes. Um, when the town of Hempstead shut down their TNR program, it was a triple trickle effect. Every cat that was procreating was still procreating and then moving their way out further onto the island. Um, and in addition to, to that, the um, governor at the time, Andrew Cuomo, um, he announced that it was considered essential the TNR of companion animals in March of 2020. That's so right. not only was it a known thing and other areas were doing this, but mm-hmm. the largest TNR program on Long Island, a program that before COVID, I spoke so highly about because it was free. They recovered the animals. Anybody who lived in the town of Hempstead um, could bring an animal there. There was no limits. Like it was one of the leading TNR programs and it had so much potential. Um, And with its shutting down, not only did we have all these cats explode all over Long Island, but we also had 63 bird species go extinct in 2020. Um, coyotes are now moving in from uh, Canada to feed on the feral cat population because there are so many of them. Um, in Deer Park alone, I finally saw a baby bunny for the first time in six years. I've lived in Deer Park for six years, and this was the first year I finally saw a baby bunny. Um, and there are other areas where the rodent population, and by rodent I mean squirrels, um, mice, natural mice, voles, all of these great little creatures were being killed off because of the feral cat population. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the argument of, well, if you don't feed them, they'll go away. Well, if you don't feed them, well, what do you think they're going to eat? Our birds, our bunnies, our squirrels, um, all of these adorable wow. little creatures who were here in the first place. Wow. I, I Look, I was going to say something before. First of all, what a, you have so much information. This is yeah, I told you. <laughs> Nobody we could ever, you know, you'll have to come back like once every six weeks because there's so much. <laughs> like, shout out to, I got to say, your dad letting you bring the squirrel home. I need to talk to him because I'm trying to adopt a chipmunk. And I want to like, because you know, like, I want to, it, it, it can live outside. I want a feral chipmunk is really what I want. Like, it's <laughs> totally outside. But every morning, it can kind of come over and like, tip its hat. Like, hey, Tommy D, how you doing? It, my chipmunk wears a hat. But I, I want a 63 bird species. The coyotes are coming down from Canada. Like, who, Val, who knew this? You know, John D. Leonardo probably knew this, right? Do you, I don't know if you know John. Do you know John. John. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense that you would. He remember. helps me with everything that is not cat related. I found a chicken on my street and John was right there ready to help. So he's wonderful. Not to, not that we need to like, not that it's self-serving because the whole compassion Woods is not self-serving, but John D. Leonardo of Humane Long Island is one of our honorees on Tuesday night at the refuge. Uh, <laughs> how am I, I doing about Like I sound like a sales guy, um, but that's, I, I, so much information and the bunnies and it's well it's an ecosystem nature this is is the whole point and this is what we try to communicate like we've said this so many times i don't know if it's ever going to get through but you don't have to be an animal lover to do the right thing for the animals which includes the people who care about them and it's just overall like of course there's a domino effect i remember when i was in oregon and a friend of mine from high school was the vintner on a on a vineyard and she actually lived on a vineyard and she's all about nature and natural remedies and nature has all the answers so we were walking through literally the vines of grapes and she was explaining which ones pinot noir and whatever and we see you know like these um 
birds of prey. Mm. She's like, oh yeah, um, that's our falconer because we don't use pesticides. So I'm standing there and it took me a second and I'm like, so you need a falconer to watch the grapes? And she's like, I'm not up on this stuff, right? She's like, yes, because other birds like bluebirds or whatever will take their uh, crops and they'll eat them. But so they hire falconers and all they have to do is hover and no birds will eat their grapes. It's, it's phenomenal information. But the point to your point is that of course there's a domino effect. If you have an explosion in the feral cat community and that animal, they have to hunt for their food, guess what they're eating? They're going to eat, you know, the, the turtle doves that hang out on your lawn. They're going to eat your little chipmunk friends. They're going to eat the mice and the other, you know, vermin, rodents, whatever. So we have to do something about this, not just for the sake of the feral cats, but for all of the other domino affected animals as well. Nobody wants coyotes coming down because there's a lot of feral cats. Right. No way. Wow. We're all connected, huh? That's that's so that's <laughs> stuff. It's it's real. It's it's that's the true stuff. Val, believe it or not, it's one of your favorite times of the show. We have to take no. it. <laughs> I just like taking a break, but I know you just like it more, so it's kind of entertaining when, when we have to do it. <laughs> I hate breaks. All right, let's go. Let's take Get it. Get it over with. We'll be right back. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers... Avengers Assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. I totally can never be spontaneous. I don't know what to do. What do I do? I guess so, I'm. Claudia, uh, one of the favorite things, I wish we had the video. Um, I actually tried to find it before, but I didn't have enough time to scroll through the whole like two hour board meeting. 
but uh, we'll have to come back because there we have videos. Uh, you only hear her audibly, but you'll hear her speech at the microphones each time she went uh, to the town of Hempstead board meetings to advocate for the animals. And it was fantastic. One of my favorite thoughts, and I, I don't know, we haven't talked about this in a while, but we have touched on the possibility of maybe one day you running for office. Is that still a, a seed? So um, I actually will, uh, the same year that our next governor election will be 2028 is the year that I will also be turning 30 and will be eligible to run for governor. Um, Whoa! I, run for governor? Yeah. Wow! <laughs> Wow, that's our heard it here first. Well, I don't know. You might have probably told a couple of other people. Now we've heard it here first. If nobody ever says, well, you and I heard it here first. Oh, right. so, yes, the the seed of running has not only been planted in my head, but has um, very much grown, and mm. is something that I like the idea of. Um, I'll be able to kind of have my career um, from now until then, and then be able to do you know public service. I feel like having a law degree is a superpower. Um, and I should not just use that superpower to benefit myself, but benefit everybody around me. And I feel like I have the ability and the wheelhouse to make a difference for New York and um, make a change for New Yorkers in general. Wow. Uh, you have no idea like how excited I am. I, I was just going to be so elated if you just said, yeah, I'm going to run for office one day. I'm not sure what office that is. <laughs> Whatever. You just blew my mind, blew my mind open. I feel like we're talking to the future governor of New York State. This is unbelievable. And it's all because I brought her in. No, I'm only kidding. No, listen. I know it. it, I give you a lot of credit. No, it it, it is. I think your parents have done an incredible job laying the fundamentals and and keeping you apprised and encouraging you. And that is amazing. Claudia, I love that so much. He's pushing listen, the lieutenant governor thing, Val. That's what you're doing. I hear it in your <laughs> No, oh my goodness. Now, I'll do I'll go to train stations with you. But <laughs> I I really this is what it's all about, right? We're trying to encourage people who are compassionate, um, not just to the animals. I think you know, if you're compassionate to the feral cats and, and other animals, you certainly are going to be compassionate to people. And we want to encourage those people to not only, you know, I mean, of course, running is is the be all end all, but even just to advocate, to get involved, to use your voice. And Claudia, you've done a bang up job of, of getting other people involved. And oh my goodness, I just adore you. How do we clone you? How? <laughs> well, thank you. That means a lot. Um, I, I love encouraging people to be able to, you know, pursue their, their avenues and, and be able to exercise their rights. Um, you know, there's so many people who I've helped um, register to vote because they didn't know how to register to vote. Um, now there's QR codes everywhere that people can scan, which is awesome. And a lot of campuses are having, you know, online or not online, but in-person and online registration fairs. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like it's the younger generations who really kind of need this push to um, register to vote because they all have their opinions. Trust me, we, we are all very opinionated. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a matter of exercising it in the right way to be able to see our representatives, you know, follow through on our opinions. Um, you know, there's a lot of young people who unfortunately were raised with this entitlement mindset of like, I don't have to do anything and it's just going to get handed to me. Um, and those, the minority of my generation are those children who were raised with this entitlement attitude, but the majority of us are people who are ready to, you know, 
do what we have to do to get what we want instead of just waiting around for it to be handed to us. So I've had a lot of fun meeting people, um, talking to them. Um, at a bunch of the uh, Town of Hempstead meetings, I met a bunch of young people who were there to advocate for the different things that they wanted. I remember one, um, one person, he went up there to advocate for a stop sign on his street and Supervisor Clavin shut him down. Imagine going to your elected official and saying, this is why we need a stop sign for the safety of the kids in this neighborhood. There's been um, you know, a significant number of incidences that could have been avoided with this stop sign. Can we please have a stop sign and being told no? That it yeah, just- I, I can't imagine, because I've, I've seen some mind blowing you know, moments and uh, uh, we have to do better, right? Yeah. We have to at least get people to sit in these elected seats who will provide an open mind and respect to the people who are, you know, paying their salaries. <laughs> I mean, like it is what it is. So it is something that um, I'm so glad. I, I, I can't even thank you enough for not only coming on, but just everything that you've been doing. And I know I'll see you again soon. I'm sorry I missed you the last time, but uh, I'll be I'll be up there for ten days uh, starting Friday, and maybe we can uh, grab some coffee. Well, hey, my birthday is actually next Friday and we're doing something here at the house. So you're more than welcome. Both of you are more than welcome to join and meet a bunch of cat lovers and family. And the future governor of New York. <laughs> it's actually a campaign rally. Six <laughs> really what it is. You can make the donation check out too. <laughs> semantics, Claudia. You know, birthday party, campaign rally, whatever. I mean, <laughs> why, why wait? Why wait till... I, I do want to uh, go to um, to one of these. I've not been to these meetings that you, you both are referring to, so I feel like it's necessary to do so. If people want to connect with you and really kind of follow what you're doing, but part of this movement, is it really through uh, 10 and Loving Cats? Is it through, how do people contact you to become like, you know, part of your movement? I'm going to call it that because that's what I feel that it is. Okay, so um, I am a big piece of Tender Loving Cats. Um, so Tender Loving Cats is a great way to kind of see projects that I'm a part of and involved in. Um, people can also follow me along on social media, Facebook, I'm constantly posting on. Um, if you don't want to hear about politics, I don't recommend following me on Facebook. Um, but if you want to keep up with like my cat related journeys, um, TikTok is my go-to. Um, I'm at Claudia Canham on TikTok. We do weekly intake clinics. Um, and so I usually post whoever we see at intake clinics on my TikTok. Um, I do silly videos with my cats because they are little brats in their own way. And, mm. you know, it's just a way to encourage people to clip their cat's nails. Um, and so those would be probably the two main places. Instagram, I would love to use more. I'm just <laughs> law student, don't have the time. So yeah. How um I'm trying to just explain this on Facebook, but how many cats do you actually have right now? So I myself, my my cats, I have three. Two of them are my own, one of them is my mom's. Okay. Um in the last two years, I've had over 60 cats and kittens as my fosters. Um, yes. So that um that's been a lot. Um, I've seen a lot and I've met a lot of babies and now doing intake clinics, I still meet a lot. So, um, I'm a full-time law student. Yes. And I'm a full-time law student. Um, in the month, the month of September, we had in, we intaked 43, um, kittens and two adults. And so um, that's kind of about the average. So we take in about 50 cats and kittens every month. Um, and we 
average about the same in adoption. So I have a feeling we might have also encountered one of our future recipients for the Compassion Award. Uh, no, no, I can't. I don't know. Especially, <laughs> especially when she's going to be running for governor. She goes, just so you know, everybody, I'm running for governor. And I was a Compassion Awards winner. And like that's probably, <laughs> that'll probably, we're probably helping you, to be honest with you, Governor Canham, to be honest. But uh, we'll just leave it there. Look, connect with us. We have cool people that we hang out with. We're, you know, learn, educate, advocate. <laughs> no big deal. Just changing the world. His total commitment of nonviolence. Gandhi always included the animals by stating the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. We'll see you guys Tuesday night at the yeah. Refugee Fashion Awards. Thank you, Claudia. Thank you, Valerie, for your vision. Thank you, Claudia. Thank you, Tommy. Yay, Gandhi. Governor business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.